0: Welcome to Revolution Podcast, a place where we discuss the Bible, the culture, faith, and why it matters for you. I'm Quinn, and this is my co-host Chase. And if you're looking for a podcast that explores the revolutionizing power of Christ in your life,
1: then this is the show for you. Welcome back to Revolution Podcast, everybody. Guess what I'm holding right now? What? A microphone. Normally, I don't hold it. I normally really we have them in the stands and I'm holding mine today. So we're, we're, we're really branching out right now. This mm-hmm. is, I think this is the turning point in our show when we just blow up. Chase is holding the microphone now. Yep. Um, hopefully it doesn't just ruin our sound quality. That's my only concern, but that's <laughs> terrible. Just the episode is garbage. <laughs> It'd be awful. Well, got to take risks. Live, laugh, love, people. Mm. Come on. Um, Quinn, what is one thing that just ruins your day sometimes. Like, it's going to be a great day. Sun is shining, got great things to do, but this just absolutely ruins your day. What is it? Mom gives you a list of chores. Oh, <gasps> Whoa. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, break that down for me. Like, what are these chores that are so abhorrent? Well,
0: it's just like sometimes, you know, you got those days that are all planned out. It doesn't happen mm-hmm. very often for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but then mom leaves, let's say it's a pro-D day at work. So she's just like off at work, we're at home. And mom's just like, these are the things I want you guys to do. Yeah, you gotta clean your room. My room's a mess always. Hmm. Um, clean the downstairs. You gotta vacuum the house, and then the dishes have to be done by one. And then it's like, hmm, by one o'clock. I eat around twelve, so that means I can't. Like, you can't go out really in the morning, right? So I'm like, uh, and then my dad usually is like, yeah, and these done have to all be done by ten thirty a.m. Mm. And I'm like, I get intense. up at eight thirty. I'm not. I'm not spending my whole morning doing chores. Right, right. So that just kind of puts me in a bad mood Presumably for damp
1: the rest of the day.
0: Maybe about 20 minutes only, but it's just like, I'm just like- oh, 20 minutes it. of work? No, 20 minutes
1: of just like, I hate this. Oh, just like, I was going to say, tw- your, your day is ruined by 20 minutes of work? No. Uh, no. I was going to say, that's shocking. <laughs> okay, that's better. And and maybe just
0: like terrible rain. Like when you got plans to go like play golf round or something like that, and then mm-hmm. it's just pouring rain- mm-hmm. That's just like, you get so, I don't know, I get so hyped up for no reason about going for a round of golf. Yeah. Because I get there and I
1: just, (laughs) I suck. No, well, I actually don't know. I've never seen you play golf. No idea. Do you find it fun though, at least? When I'm doing good. Is that often? No. (laughs) So how would you do it if it's mostly not fun? Uh, Because I like to think that I can get better. (laughs) Oh, okay. I mean, you probably can. I was sick, this one. Do you remember, do you know, um, Maybe is it in Bellingham? The lights of Christmas, never like, been there. Have you heard of it? No. Like this big walk around. They've like millions and millions of lights strung up every. You walk around. Okay. Big family tradition for us. We just go down there for one, like night. Um. But then, but then one year we started. They have like some cabins there, and so one year. Um, some of our extended family came with us and we are like, what if we just rented a cabin, like slept here? Like, that'd be really right. cool. We're all so, like, we're like, we're, we yeah. called it the a thousand lights, right? Like, that's not what it's called. But that's what we called it because we thought a thousand was the biggest number in the world. And we're like, we're sleeping cool. at the a thousand lights. That's amazing. And then we get there and I'm like sick as a dog. Like pneumonia, like I was like just harking and coughing. And do you know what the worst thing is about having sickness in your throat? What? My mom t- makes me take Buckley's. Oh, It's just dude. the worst tasting medicine ever. Just absolutely ruined it. So anyways, I got to hang out in and, and it was like, I was freezing. Like I was shivering oh, the whole time. And so they had these little heating units in the cabins and I just wrapped myself in like three blankets, pulled up one of the big plushy chairs right in front of the heating unit and just like, like cooked myself on it for like (laughs) eight hours (laughs) it was glorious (laughs) i was sick as a dog anyways (laughs) dude we should like we should do like a show where it's just us like talking about stupid stuff like this i don't know i think i'd find it enjoyable i mean we we find most things that we say enjoyable yeah most other people don't Some so maybe we shouldn't who knows um anyways we have an episode today um God doesn't want your life to be easy, but he does want it to be good. Yeah. Oh, what a statement. Um, top of your head, agree or disagree? Agree. Why? You said top of my head, so that's all I come up with. Okay, fair enough. No. Off the top
0: of your head, why do you agree? Uh, I would say because, I mean, we, we've talked about this in our suffering episode, and we've talked about it before, but it's through um, the hard times when life isn't easy that— um, your life you actually um good things come from from hard times that we've mm. that we've seen i mean we, we see it in in the bible yeah. um you see tough times i mean jesus he was beaten he was whipped uh he was put on a cross he died yeah. and he rose yeah it's it's those kind of things um and jesus's life wasn't always easy yeah. but it was a good life it was a perfect life mm-hmm. so that
1: that's really off the top of my head sure that's good what do you think it is about like Good, like, or I should easy times, like when life is seems to be going really, really well for us. Like, what do you think it is about those moments that keeps us from learning those important lessons and growing closer to God? Like, like why can't why why can't God just have us grow in the easy stuff? Why why does it take hard work for us to grow? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I
0: I think in, in easy times, are um we're not challenged in any way, mm. um and so you're not you're not trying to think about. What am I actually trying to lean on? What is my foundation actually on? Yeah. Um. When when life throws you a curveball, um, you you got to press in on where is my foundation? Where where does my hope and faith lie? And so I would say it all starts from that. Okay. Does that answer the question?
1: That's pretty good. So why why couldn't God just like make those questions really apparent for us in like like life is just smooth sailing. Maybe, maybe you reflect on yourself or things you've seen. Like, what is it about things going apparently really well for us um, that makes us so stubborn to come close to God? I could also leap off of that if you want. Yeah. So Why don't you just take that one right away? It, it's just, for me, I, I think of self-reliance, right? Yeah, Like when things seem to be going well, it's so easy to think that we're the ones who are making it go well when our businesses are prospering when our friendships are going perfectly when our families are thriving um, when everything we aspire for just fits right into place it's like man i'm doing a pretty good job my plans are pretty sweet i'm executing them well and god hey you're doing me a solid but man (laughs) i just am the root and astuteness cowboy in the wild, wild west. And I, I think that's the big problem, right? And I think you could describe humanity's, or maybe summarize humanity's biggest flaw, our biggest evil, insane that we rely on ourselves, not on God. That's, that's the root of every single problem in the, in the universe is that we rely on ourselves, not on God. That's what happened in the garden. That's what happened in Israel. That's like our problem today is that we rely on ourselves and what we think is right. And what we think will satisfy and we don't rely on God. And so in easy times when things are going perfectly, I think that's, that's when it's easiest for those attitudes to creep up. When you're on the run, when you're destitute, when you're lonely, when, um, things seemed all to be flying apart and then you f- find God inside of that. That's when you realize, oh, my life is just like, what does the Psalmist say? Like, a, like a passing shadow. Mm-hmm. Man's life is but a breath, yeah. right? Like, it's like, oh, I actually have no stability. I'm worth, like, I I, I can do nothing, right? Like Ecclesiastes, like, yeah. go read it. If you want to get depressed, go read Ecclesiastes, man. Let me tell you. Um, like, just, all man's toil is but striving under the wind. It's like, whoa, that's existentialism. And so I, I think it is the difficult times that drive us to be reliant on God instead of ourselves. And that's the most important thing we could do in our lives, is to become reliant on God, because our joy in God is directly proportional to how much we rely on him instead of ourselves. That's kind of broad broad strokes what I think about this topic. And I, I wish I could have specific missionary stories that I could really expound on, but Every single like missionary that I've heard of, read of, who has suffered and been persecuted, they've been mm. some of the most joyful people in the world. I
0: I heard this one story, and I, I I might butcher this story, but it was this family from Thailand. They um they every Sunday after church they would gather for a meal, and they would have some people around. And there was this one lady. She she worked as a janitor in the yeah. town, and she was um I think she was a little bit older, and she didn't um she didn't have like a some sort of care card or anything. So they, they didn't have to charge her a ton Right, was essentially the deal. They didn't have to charge her a lot and she couldn't get any other real job, yeah. but she had this excruciating back pain. Mm-hmm. Like it, it, it's hard for her to work every single day. Yeah, And every single week they, they come for dinner for, for lunch. Sorry. Yeah. Um, And after church and it's like, is there any prayer requests? Mm-hmm. And every single week without fail. She says, "Can you pray for my back? Mm. It's excruciating to do my work every single day. It hurts." Yeah. And God doesn't heal her in that moment. Mm. Every single week. But she still has faith in God. Right. She still loves God. Mm. And I think that's just a testament God is this we, we don't understand why God is putting this person through this. Mm. Every single day why their back hurts so incredibly bad that it hurts for them to work. Yeah but she still loves God, no right. matter what. Right. She still has faith that God is going to get her through each and every day. Yeah. I think that's, her Her life isn't easy, mm-hmm. but her life is good and full because she trusts God without fail.
1: She's loving the giver instead of the gifts. Yeah, I think that's one of the big problems is that we mix that up. We enjoy the gifts of God rather than him who is to give her. And I think, yeah, stories like that illustrate. It's like like When you're suffering, when you're going through difficult times, through trials, you learn how temporal and fleeting the gifts can be. And you realize that the only thing that's actually of ultimate value is the giver. And not only, it's not like, a, oh, well, nothing else really lasts. So I guess I've got this left over. It's like, no, this is better than all everything else put together times a thousand. Like this, like God, God isn't an end to an easy life god isn't an end to a prosperous business god isn't an end to perfect health god isn't a means to um financial success god isn't a means to a happy family god isn't a means to social what would you say social like status status god is the end god Like there's nothing more like there's nowhere more to progress there's he's not a stepping stone to somewhere better to walk like like the grass isn't greener on the other side because there's no grass. It's like like God is what we are working towards. And so what suffering can do is clarify that um, and remove like spiritual cataracts from our eyes so we can clearly see him. So I, I think that's good broad strokes, but maybe there's some more intense personal questions. of Like uh, we can maybe look, forward in suffering and hard times. Like, well, I'm going to be happy. Like, this is going to be worth it because Jesus is there. God is there. My, there's this verse in Philippians, Philippians 1:29. Paul writes, for it has been granted to you that for the sake of Christ, you should not only believe in him, but also suffer for his sake. That's a very simple (laughs) phrase, but it's so deep. It's incredible. For it has been, that word granted, that's the turning point, right? Like it's not Mm -hmm. for it has been permitted. It's not for it has been allowed. It's not for it has been um, mournfully let to pass. It is for it has been granted to you. for the sake of Christ, you should not only believe in him. So it's not like the, the gift isn't just faith, right? Like the saving faith. That's not the only gift. Guess what the other gift is? And it's just as amazing. It's suffering for Jesus' sake. It's like, what on earth? That flips your perception of what your life is supposed to be like on its head. Your life shouldn't be comfortable. Your life shouldn't be smooth sailing. Like... This like, like you know, this isn't like you know go seek out like go seek out pain. Like this no, isn't this don't. isn't like masochism, um, but it is like you get to oh. There's this one missionary write about recently where he said every every he he was a pastor in Romania where the church was persecuted and he was beaten quite often uh, mm-hmm. for being a pastor, and he said. Every blow was a blow on the body of my Savior, not my own. Mm. My pain is his pain. And, and then he says this. And then he said, and this, this, like, this for a second made me, like, kind of, like, it made me repulse for a second. I unpacked that. But he said, um, so yeah, so every blow was a blow on my Savior's body, not my own. My, his, like, my pain is his pain. And he said, like, Jesus is the one experienced pain right now. And he said, and me, I was so privileged to share his pain. Mm. And I just paused, and I was reading that, and I was like, "That sounds like you're such like a suck up. Like you would like you would like drink his toe sweat or something like that. Like that's just it's like like hero worship, right? Like it sounds like hero worship, right? Like 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 um people who like wear like the jerseys of their favorite athletes because like I'm wearing his jersey. It's like just you adore everything like an, a musician who signed your your instrument that you play. It's like um like like just the way we we." Adore, worship, idolize people. It felt like something like that, but super extreme. And I was like, oh, like I don't like that when it comes to people. Then I was like, wait a second. That is the attitude to have about Jesus, right? Like, like you should be so in love with Jesus, so wrapped up in Jesus, so worshipful, awe, like in awe of, so Jesus is so everything that it is the greatest privilege of your life to be beat, to share his sufferings, Mm -hmm. right? Like I get to experience some of his pain. It's not that the pain is a good thing, but it's the fact that you're sharing his experience. And that, that's a he he said, there's a privilege, like how amazing that is. And so that puts a new perspective for me when Paul says, for it has been granted to you that for the sake of Christ, you should not only believe in him, but also suffer for his sake. That's amazing. What do you think about that? Yeah.
0: I I I love that. And I was before we started this episode, I, I thought about James 1 2, um, which says, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kind, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. Mm-hmm. And let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Mm. He's saying those things where we get to yeah, where we get this privilege of, of sharing in what Jesus went through. Yeah. Being persecuted, beaten. That, that we, we need to, we, we can find joy in that. Yeah. Right? It, it may be really hidden in that moment. It might not be easy to, to see, but Paul's, uh, James says, count it all joy. You, there is joy to be found in every situation because in every situation, there is God in that. Yeah. And that that to me blows my mind because there's there's times I've I've gone through stuff. When I'm like God is, he's he's the furthest thing from this situation. Mm. He's 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 not in this. Yeah. You look back and you're like, man, God was right there with me. Yeah. He's the one who got me through that. I couldn't have done that on my own. And my life is one hundred percent better from
1: getting through that. That's good. Yeah. Matthew says in his gospel, he's quoting Jesus. He said. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. He says, blessed are you. Like, full stop. Like, you, you could rephrase that to say, you are blessed. In other words, again, to rephrase, it is a blessing when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. It's a blessing when that happens. That's a good thing. There's nothing bad about that. Not that those things aren't evil, but for you, for you, that's a blessing. And then he says this, verse 12, rejoice and be glad. Dude, I don't know. I've just been reading the Bible, like the last little while, just reading the Bible. Sometimes just they've got like the simplest little things that they say. And it's like the most profound thing in the world. Like it's been granted to you. And he says this, rejoice and be glad. That's amazing. Rejoice and be glad for your reward in is, sorry, for your reward is great in heaven. What's our reward in heaven? What's he talking about? Palaces? The golden streets to walk on? The harps to play? No, he's talking about God. He's talking about the perfect relationship we'll have with God. He says, "Rejoice." so what's the connection there? There's some connection between our relationship with God and suffering, persecution, um, it seems to me to infer that, that our relationship with God is strengthened in those things. He says, it is a blessing when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. I'm like, why? That's not a blessing. None of that's good. And you're saying it's good. Why? Then he, then he says, this is why. And he, and he goes further. He says, you should rejoice and be glad. And he says, for. And when he says for, that's the grounding statement, right? Like, this is the reason. Pay attention. This is the reason it's a blessing. This is the reason you can rejoice and be glad. He says, for your reward is great in heaven. The increase of our relationship with God, the future hope, but the the future hope leads to present joy. Do you see that? Like, we shouldn't be like, I'm miserable right now, but I guess I'll be happy later. Mm -hmm. No, like, yes, the hope is future, and the, the completion of the joy is future, but future hope leads to present joy. That's Jesus' point. Mm-hmm. Um, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. Um, yeah, like it is. It is a blessing to be reviled for the name of Jesus. Why? Because you Because it's for. It's for. Like, do, do you not comprehend the fact that you're suffering for God? You're suffering in God's love for God's love. Like what? Like you are so much luckier than the people who are reviling you. You are. So, you have so much more to be thankful for than the people who are reviling you. It, like if if you're if you're being like I'm not saying persecution is easy to go through. Like I have awe for our brothers and sisters across the world who are persecuted every day for their faith. Absolute awe. But they are much more well off than the people who are persecuting them. Because they live in the love of God, there's literally nothing better than that. Literally nothing. No, no riches, no good standing, no comfort, no ease of pain, no well-off health. Nothing is better than knowing that you live in the love of God. In so fact, so then you are blessed. You're blessed, and you have this hope of heaven, and that hope leads to present joy. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I think it's just amazing. Yeah, and and I'm not. I don't think we're trying to promote like.
0: Go seek out persecution. Are
1: we? Uh, no, not not not. What? Are, well, dude, yes, but not in the sense of go seek out pain. But you, I here, I'll, I'll read something from First Corinthians that maybe can okay. clarify what I mean.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm just trying to, trying to like, don't don't go
1: seek out necessarily pain. Don't, no, no, don't seek out pain. But that's different from persecution, right? Because um, I think Jesus actually is encouraging it in that passage, right? Because I'll, I'll maybe I'll actually flip back. I'll save my place. Corinthians and flip back to Matthew quickly, and I'll read the rest of the Beatitudes and I can clarify. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Blessed are the merciful. Blessed are the pure in heart. Blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. Every single one up to the persecution, we'd say, yes, seek that. Seek a pure heart. Seek to be a peacemaker. Seek to be merciful. Seek to hunger and thirst for righteousness. Seek to be meek. Seek to mourn. Seek to be poor in spirit. We'd say those are all really good things. Yeah. So I'd say, yeah, it's, it's, it is it's good to seek out persecution. It doesn't mean seek out pain. And it doesn't mean like if you don't get persecuted, it's bad. But like, you have to see the reason for all those things. You don't just, like when we say seek to mourn, we're not saying like go find something to cry about. We're saying, do it in a godly, biblical way, mourn over sin, like be repentant, seek repentance. Mm-hmm. If we could phrase it like that, everybody's like, yeah, absolutely. So when we say seek persecution, I'll read this verse from Corinthians and maybe we can clarify what, what I think the Bible means. 1 Corinthians 15, 19, if in Christ we have hope in this life only, we are of all people most to be pitied. What does Paul mean? If in Christ we have hope in this life only, in other words, if there's no hope of resurrection, no hope of heaven, if there is nothing for us beyond this world, if the promises of Jesus are wrong, we are, of all people, us, Christians, out of anybody in the world, like like anybody, the worst-off people in the world, anybody, the destitute, brokenhearted, we are of all people most to be pitied. Mm -hmm. And that is true for Paul. And that's true for a lot of believers, because Paul, what shipwrecked, beaten, half like nearly to death, um, poor, gave up family, friends, financial career, homeless for years on end, made no money, um, in sickness, um, stoned, stoned like, multiple times, multiple times beaten, like like lashed, whipped, like like that that's that's a that's a life that's to be pitied, but if Jesus is true, that's a life to be envied right? Like, like as an unbeliever looking into that, that is the best, like, there is no life as an unbeliever that even rivals that. As some believers, I would say we should be envious of Paul, like the, the privilege to live so passionately for Jesus. And that's what I mean when I say seek out persecution, is seek out a passion that offends people. Because the world is offended by God, that's that's why everybody hates it. That's why nobody and, wants to do good. And I don't think we we have enough passion here in the
0: West. No, that's that's yeah, that's, um, that's the thing. I I think we. I mean, like we started off the episode. We're, we're so good with being comfortable. I'm mm-hmm. good with being comfortable in my house. Yeah. Um but no we should we should desire to go and seek out god and maybe god will put us in those situations where we will face persecution maybe god will send you out to another area of the world maybe maybe that's still in the country you live in yeah um and you'll face persecution maybe it's at your school maybe it's at your university maybe it's at your job i encourage you lean on god in those situations mm-hmm. pray to him be constantly in your bible so you can prepare answers, but also just be ready for a conversation when those things kind of happen. Yeah. And just don't see them as, oh man, I have to have another conversation with someone about Christianity. Mm. See it as I get to talk about Jesus and and hopefully God will do something in their lives.
1: Yeah. I mean, i just ask people to reflect, like, is your life pitiable if Jesus wasn't there? If there's no hope of resurrection into new heavenly bodies, a hope of glorification in heaven if there's no hope of that right um would your life be pitiable or would it still be a pretty good life because paul's life is worthless without the resurrection right like the beatings the destitution for years like just like his, his life by all appearances was absolutely ruined um and yet it was one of the greatest lives that any of us could ever live um, but that's only true because of the promises of Jesus that are true. Um, but us in the West, where we're so comfortable, I, like I don't think most people live pitiable lives, right? Like when people look at you, do they see people who are? And it's there's nothing wrong. It, we we are told elsewhere in the Bible, like be at peace with people, um, live respectfully. Like I'm not I'm not saying to live in bad character, but. Do people just see respectable, normal citizens when they look at you? Or do they see people who are weirdly bold, people who um, care about things that nobody else cares about, people who do not compromise on the truth, people who pursue God no matter? Like, we we shouldn't blend in, right? I think maybe that's it. We blend in so easily. The West is like, it's good that it isn't seen as evil to go to church in the West. Like that's good. It's good that we are allowed to go to church. So it is one of our great privileges, but I think that just lends itself to being, there's nothing unusual about going to church and it's the most unusual thing in the world. Like like the fact that um, like God saves sinners and gives them hearts that want to gather with the rest of the body to praise him. Like that's that's absolutely miraculous. And yet because our church has become so saturated with unbelievers, so saturated with like um, cultural norms and our leaders become saturated with cultural norms, our leadership positions, volunteer positions, like people serving in the church are unbelievers, like because that's just, that's just becoming the status quo of our churches is that like relevancy and being liked and being like us being, um, us looking good, us all these things that's becoming more important than actually seeking god mm-hmm. and speaking truth and so yeah i don't know I, I just i just think that leads to like yeah i've I, what's a phrase i've heard before cultural christianity how many how many of you would be joyful and not suffering as in like, like, yeah, like yes, it, it hurts when people make fun of you. It hurts when you lose friends. It, it hurts when people turn against you for your fate. I'm not trying to take away from that, but like, like physically beaten, like, have you ever, like, like, have, have you ever been hit so hard that your face bleeds? Have you ever been kicked so hard that like you, your organs are bruised? Like, like that's persecution. Have you have you ever had to see your family taken away, thrown in jail, your children beaten before your eyes? Like that's persecution. That's what the Bible means when like have you have to watch your like your siblings lit on fire to light garden parties? You know, have you had to die in pain hearing their screams? Like that's that's what that's what the biblical writers are talking about when they say persecution. When they say Christ persecution, it's not just that, like, yes, Jesus did endure the social brunt of things. He did have to lose, he lost family, he lost people. But, like, the persecution of Jesus was when the soldiers whipped his back so hard that his bones showed. Like, I don't know, I'm just saying, like, how many of us would be able to joyfully endure that? How many of us would hold fast to our faith All we had to do to stop the burning, all we had to do to stop the whipping, all we had to do to save our child was say, I don't believe, I don't believe Jesus is the Messiah. I don't Mm -hmm. believe Jesus is God. That is such a simple sentence. You save your child if you say that. That's what people faced, right? Like, Like the Christians in Rome, when they were being thrown into the arena, like they could save their children by saying, like mothers, think of a mother and her like toddler. All she had to do to save the toddler's life was say, I don't believe in Jesus. And yet they didn't. They thought their God was more important than that. That's mind-blowing. Like that is, yeah. that is absolutely against human nature. That is miraculous. And that's persecution when the Bible talks about it. And they endured that with joy. They ended their lives torn apart by the, at the throat by wild animals on their knees in prayer, giving thanks to God. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. That is absolutely mind blowing, and that that is so foreign to us. I think I don't think we even think about that. Mm-hmm. I don't think we even know that happens or has happened. But that's what the Bible's talking about. And so I don't know. I just definitely challenge people like God, like like man, have such a passion for Jesus that it it pushes you into uncomfortable and sometimes painful areas don't don't only go so far as feels okay Mm -hmm. and and, but but and and then the flip side of that like we're talking a lot about pain right now um but the flip like god doesn't want your life to be easy but he does want it to be good like that is like it is like Paul, you have been granted to suffer for the sake like living a life in God in that way will be such a rich, good life because it will it will first of all be a witness. It is what your God has called you to, and it will lead you into a deeper relationship with it, where literally all you have to your name or your soul is him. And that is more than you could ever have. Um, and you will drink of the rich, rich love of God. So yeah, I'll, I'll stop talking there. You maybe throw out your reflections and any end of show thoughts that you've got.
0: Yeah, I I think you you talked a lot about like that kind of well that whole thing of of pain and stuff and how do you get to that place? Uh, um, like you, as in like like how do you get to that place where where you you're willing to to sacrifice those things for mm-hmm, God and mm-hmm. and I, I'm you can't do that without a full conviction that God is your Lord and Savior. Yeah. You, you can't do it. You, you can't put every single thing on the line. You can't yeah. give up every single thing you've worked so hard for, yeah. for nothing. Yeah, yeah. You, you have to give it up for a full conviction of knowing that Jesus is greater and better than anything this world can give. Yeah. And how do you even get to that place to start? Yeah. You get to it by, by looking at his word mm-hmm. or looking at the people around you. Look at the people around you who already live those lives. Those people who who give up their house for for somebody because they're less fortunate. Yeah. Um, who who give up their car um because someone someone needs it more than them. Yeah. How do you get to that place? Um, you look around and, and you just say, Man, this is this is the life that I, I want to live. And this this person's already living that life. And you say, How do I live that myself? It starts with with looking at God. Yeah. Look at him, look at his word. And how do I, yeah, look, sorry, look at his word and look at what he's done for us. Yeah. And then as you look what he's done for you, see, man, I don't deserve any of this. I actually need to go and tell people about that. And whatever mm-hmm. I endure, it's all for Jesus. Yeah, count it all joy. Yeah. Count it all joy. Yeah. And so, yeah, I would say, God doesn't want your life to be easy, but he wants to be good. Mm -hmm. He wants to be good because he created this as his, as in his image. Yeah. We are good um, because God created us. He said, and you are very good. Mm -hmm. He doesn't, he doesn't say I created you with the easiest thing in the world that you're not going to endure hard times, but it's, I count it all joy, my brothers and sisters. Yeah. As you get to know God, you, you have this full conviction that no matter what you go through, God has got you and he's got your back and he's right there beside you. That's kind of my end of show thoughts. That's good. A little scattered there.
1: No, that's good. I want to just read a small portion from one of the Psalms, Psalm 143. Answer me quickly, O Lord. My spirit fails. Mm-hmm. Again, just such a simple sentence, man, but that's so deep. Yeah, you've, been really, you've been really caught off by those lately. Like, but just listen, like my spirit fails. Mm-hmm. Like that's so profound. That's amazing. My spirit fails. Hide not your face from me, lest I be like those who go down to the pit. Let me hear in the morning. So he says, my spirit's failing. I, I feel like I'm just like everybody else who's going to hell. Like, I'm like that. And then he says, this is the solution. This is the solution that he seeks. Let me hear in the morning of your steadfast love, for in you I trust. Make me know the way I should go, for, you, for to you I lift up my soul. Deliver me from my enemies, O Lord. I have fled to you for refuge. Teach me to do your will for you are my God and let your good spirit lead me on level ground. And I'll just, I'll just end here just with this little bit from verse 11. For your name's sake, O Lord, preserve my life. Psalm 143, just go read the whole Psalm. It's so good. And I think that's just where we'll end the show there. Um, so I'll just quickly say whatever platform you're listening on, Apple Podcasts or Spotify, we would just appreciate it if you did follow this show, left a review. It's a small, easy way for you guys to help us, but it does mean a lot. Follow us on Instagram at Revolution Pod for updates, other things we're up to. If you think this episode could be helpful or good to listen to for somebody in your life, I just encourage you to send it out. Get out the word about this ministry. And we will be back, as always, next Tuesday for a new episode. Until then, see ya.